Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. It is that time for another show tonight, and I am so excited about our guest this evening. When I tell y'all you are in for a treat, believe me, you do not want to miss this episode. So do me a huge favor. I need you to tag all of your girlfriends, your guy friends, tag mom and them, everybody that you know, let them know to get on live tonight at Kiever's Place because we are going deep tonight. You hear me? We're going deep tonight and this is going to be a super interview. I'm so excited. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest tonight and we're going to go ahead and dive right into the show. Be sure to like, subscribe and share our page. Again, Keeper's Place, the Keeper Murdoch Show and Podcast. So tonight, as promised, we have a wonderful guest. You're going to thoroughly enjoy him. We're going to talk about a lot tonight. But his name is Pastor Gerald C. Lewis Sr. He is a retired United States Navy engineer. Thank you for your service, Pastor. He is the founder and senior pastor of Double Bible Learning Center located in Columbia, South Carolina. He has a degree in theology combined with a passion of biblical accuracy. Pastor Lewis tends to shine a light on the scriptures in a way that leads to uncommon um, discoveries. He studies uh, ancient Hebrew language. He travels to many different places and basically to sharpen and to shape what he teaches to, uh, um, along with the most incredible book ever written. Pastor Lewis is respected. He's an international author and Bible teacher. His books called Elucidations, God's Garden, and he also have a podcast called Biblical Elucidations, which have reached tens of thousands of people worldwide. So definitely stay tuned because after our introduction, I will bring to you no other than Pastor Gerald C. Lewis. So like I say every Thursday night, go ahead and get the drink. Get yourself comfortable and get ready for the ride because you are now welcome to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. We hope that by the end of our show, you're left feeling empowered, motivated, and connected. So come on in the room and grab a drink. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy the ride for you at home at Kiva's Place. You can show me how the odds are against me all day long. But I've been through the fire and come out alive and there's no more fear in my eyes. Welcome back. As promised, I want to introduce to you no other than Pastor Gerald C. Lewis. Come on in the room. How are you today? How are you doing, woman of God? I'm doing fantastic. 
Thank you so much. I'm super excited to have you on today. I know we have a lot to discuss. So let's dive right into it. All right. Please introduce yourself to those who do not know you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the ministry. All right. Well, again, my name is uh, Gerald. <laughs> some people call me pastor. Others call me superintendent. Some call me bishop. Some call me apostle. You know, uh, many names. Uh, but I'm Gerald. I'm, I'm always Gerald. Say me, no matter what role I'm playing, um, I'm me. So I came into ministry uh, about 12 years ago. I've been a senior pastor now for 12 years. Uh, I started my first church uh, in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, and it was called Double Anointing Church. Uh, God gave me this idea of double. Uh, and it took years for him to, you know, finally tell me what that double was. And I ended up realizing that double was an acronym. And it was for what God had me to do. Uh, and it was double D. Uh, D is for deliver. And then the O was for one. The U was for ultimate. And then the B was for Bible, L, learning and then E, experience. So deliver one ultimate Bible learning experience. And it has driven me no matter what it is that I've, I've done, whether it has been my books or whether it's been my pack podcast or just my leadership in the church or whatever, it's always been to deliver that one ultimate Bible learning experience. So again, I started a ministry about 12 years ago. My first church uh, was in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, stayed there for about six years, I pastored there. And then um, ultimately end up coming back home to Columbia, South Carolina. Where I was born and raised uh, and started another church here uh, called the Double Bible Learning Center. And in doing that, uh, what I wanted to do was kind of change the perspective of what we've been seeing in church for God knows how long now. The traditional church that we've been seeing, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that traditional church. But at the same time, I saw that there was a need for something else that people wanted more um, and that there was a, a lot of feel uh, in church. When I say feel, I mean F-I-L-L, not F-E-E-L, uh, but F-I-L-L, there was a lot of feel in church. Uh, so I decided that what I would do is that I would start a Bible learning center, which it functions as a church, but what we do is we ultimately come in, uh, fellowship, have to eat with each other, and then we pray, go straight into the Word of God, and then pray our way out, and an hour later, we're gone, you know, uh, and people have really flocked to that. There are many people who love it, but then I get those that come and say, hey, you know, I want some singing. I want this. I want that. I want the other, but I feel like those things have filled ministry more than they have helped ministry uh, as a whole. As we were uh, talking earlier, a lot of people come into church one way and they leave out the same way that they came in. And one of the things that I wanted to do was when people came in, there were questions that they had all of their life. I mean, you, you know, the average person that's in church is somewhere between 40 and 60 years old. And those people between 40 and 60 years old, that means that they've been going through their life for 40 years to 60 years having questions that still haven't been answered having ideas or, or scripture that they still don't understand and never given an opportunity to really talk about those ideas or to try and figure out what they are. And I remember, you know, growing up, some of the old mothers would say, oh, baby, just have faith. But then the question that you would really have inside was, well, what does it mean to have faith? Or 
how is it that I have faith? Or, you know, so, oh, well, baby, just pray. But then they never was able to tell you how to pray or what it was that you were supposed to be praying or any of those ideas. They knew what we had to do, but they didn't know how to teach you how to do it. And the teaching that they gave you was based upon what they knew, but it wasn't really based upon what the scriptures were actually telling us. The scriptures are very specific. The, the the scriptures are very detailed. They're very meticulous. And we don't realize that because we've been taught to interpret the scriptures based upon our own private interpretation. But the Bible actually speaks against private interpretation, but yeah, we still do it. And I encounter people, you know, uh, 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 that constantly say, you know, uh, the way I interpret the Bible versus the way you interpret the Bible is going to be different or the, we all get a different interpretation based upon, you know, how we feel when we're reading or every time I read the Bible, I get a different interpretation. Oh no, that's, that's not what God intended for us. Um, we got to understand that this is a 66 book love letter that God has written. And when we look at it from that standpoint, we realize that if we just take it to ourselves, and we say, you know what, if I write a love letter to whoever, then I have something very specific. I have something intentional that I have written. And there is no, there is no, hey, this is what I think that he's meaning when I wrote this love letter. It is, it is purposeful. It is intentful. It, it is exact what it is that I'm trying to express. And if you were to ask me after you read that love letter, what did you mean by this? Then I have something very determined, very very, very specific that I have, have written in that. And we don't look at the Bible that way. The Bible is a 66 book love letter written by God. And how do we get a different interpretation than what it is that he has given, what it is that he was pouring out for us to actually receive in that love letter. So it's not for us to have, you have an interpretation and they have an interpretation and that other group has an interpretation and this denomination has a different, no, that's not what God intended. God was very specific in what he was writing. And it takes us to really get into his word and really try to get down to what it is that he's saying. When we open up our Bibles, we got to begin to ask that question, God, what were you trying to say? What are you trying to reveal to us? And in that, just my favorite scripture comes into mind. It is 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What, find, what I find so amazing about that scripture is that it is the only scripture in the Bible that tells you how to be approved of God. The only one. There's no other scripture in the Bible that tells you how to be approved of God. But this, the Apostle Paul was very specific. He was very meticulous. He, he had all of those ideas in mind. He said, you know what? He said, let me help them understand this. He said, study, study. And that word is, is really more diligence than it is study. But study to show or be diligent, to show yourself approved unto God. It's like when we have meat that go to the store, it has to be approved by the FDA before it ever hits the shelf. Oh, wow. When we look at it from that, study to show thyself approved of God, that I'd be a workman and needeth not to be ashamed. Ashamed of what? Ashamed of the very things that you're going to find when you study that are being mistold and misinstructed, mistaught in our churches every single day. And people, you're going to be, it's, it's kind of, you got to hold back and you're like, oh, uh, should I say something about this? Uh, you know, should, yeah, that ain't quite right. Uh, you know, did, did, did Pastor have a bad night last night? You know, or did, or did he just get up and let the Holy Ghost use him? You know, uh, <laughs> and I get that terminology all the time. I get preachers who call me 
uh, all the time since the game, and they say, uh, what you doing, man? I got I say, you know, I'm studying, getting ready for a service on, on Sunday. So you study? I'm like, yeah. I of study. course. And, and say, man, I just get up there and let the Lord use me. I'd be like, nah, you're not letting the Lord. We got to get in that thing. Study mm-hmm. to show thyself approved unto God, a workman in need of not to be saying, rightly what? Dividing his word. We got to understand that there's things that's for us, things that ain't for us. There's things that we, we got to understand very specifically, and then things that are more so general or more so historical or a more part of the, the saga. I, I, I can't I don't really like the word uh, story. So a lot of times, because story gives a fictional connotation. So I, I try not to ever use that word. So I use the word chronicle because chronicle is like exact. This is it was this is what was said. This is what is written. So I look at everything that I was as a chronicle. And some people say, oh, well, you know, this is, um, you know, this is, uh, what's the word, Sister Kiva? Uh, it's allegorical, you know, this this is- Oh, word, yeah. You know, wait. You, it's okay. Okay, we 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 take six thousand years. Okay, so we got Adam being made all the way to Jesus coming on the scene, and now two thousand years later. So we're gonna say somewhere between six seven thousand years. Okay, God didn't have time to be allegorical. Exactly. Uh, the, the, the scriptures are too concise to be allegorical. The the scriptures are very exact the scriptures are very precise the the scriptures are very meticulous and when we understand that we get into it and we say okay i gotta understand that the god that i'm serving is very precise he exactly. is very concise he is very mm-hmm. meticulous he is mm-hmm. very detailed and i fuss at people all the time and i was talking about this today and uh, i tell people i say look you know god if when you realize who he is it'll change your whole mind about what you say mm. god said and so why you say that? I said, okay, we'll just take Noah for instance. Noah was instructed to build an ark. Okay. Watch this. He was instructed to build an ark. Okay. In building that ark, God gave him how long the ark was supposed to be, mm-hmm. how tall the ark was supposed to be, how wide the ark is supposed to be, how many compartments is supposed to be in it, how much wood was supposed to be in it. He instructed him to bring what kinds of animals, two of each kind, seven of every clean. He said, get on the ark. He said, I don't want you to take nothing but your three sons and they three wives and your wife. And then, then he said, once you get on there, I don't want you to move nothing. I don't want you to touch nothing. When it's time, I'm going to close the door. And exactly. then God goes, so I mean, he was so meticulous. He told him everything to the detail, to the inch that he was supposed to do it. But yet we get this mindset, well, well God gave me instructions to do it, but I don't know what to do next. No, God is very specific. God is very detailed. And if, if he's giving you something, he's going to be specific. He's going to be detailed. He's going to be very meticulous because we serve a meticulous God. And that's amazing. And you just hit so many bullets. I mean, <laughs> 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 from the point that as spiritual leaders, you know, because mm-hmm. I am also an ordained minister, we get into that mindset of, well, I'm going to let God just speak for me right. instead of like you were saying, preparing. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, just make just understanding and comprehending exactly who we serve. And we right. use that phrase so often, oh, you know, I'm a child of God. I know exactly who I serve. Do you really know who you Do serve? Do you really know? Do you really Do know? You really I mean, that's, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I am so enjoying this. You are getting so many comments already before we 
talk about your book. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Sade Bennett, thank you so much for watching, Sade. She says, that's right. She was uh -huh. definitely um, talking about you referring to 2 Timothy. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Sade. So I appreciate you. And she is tagging a lot of people. Thank you, Sade. We greatly appreciate you. That's right. Tag them. Thank you, Sade. I appreciate you. Tell them. Come on in. Thank you so much for watching, Ernestine. We greatly appreciate you. Yes, Sade is on it. Thank you so much, Sade. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Now, I know that you have a couple of books out. I definitely want yes. to talk about them. So your first book was called Elucidations. And mm -hmm. your second book is called God's Garden. So tell All us a right. little bit about your book. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Elucidations, which was my, my first book, uh, it, it's something that I have been trying to get out of me for a long time. Um, there was ideas since I started pastoring that many people would come to me and they would ask these questions over and over and over again. And they would be things from, you know, where did the, did Cain's wife come from? Uh, what was this place called Nod? Or should women be preaching? Um, what exactly is faith? Um, what, what is it when we die? You know, is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? You know, uh, did Jonah really get swallowed by a whale? And they were asking all of these different questions that that they had never got really any sound answers for. So elucidations is, is the word means to shine light upon. Uh, and one of the things that I was I'm very passionate about, as you can tell, is the scriptures. So I wanted to take a book like elucidations and shine light back on the scriptures again. Um, so elucidation shines light on scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelation. All of those different ideas that we had or that we asked that we were always looking for an answer for elucidations answers those questions. And it uses the Bible to answer those questions. So I, I, I say often throughout elucidations that, that, that the Bible explains its own ideas. Sometimes we just don't give the Bible enough time to explain its own ideas. There are things that are stated in, in Genesis chapter three that aren't explained until later on in the scriptures. You know, uh, I'm gonna give you a little hint, look, look, this coming from this one. So when we get into uh, like God's garden, God's garden was another one uh, where people would come in and what I would find it asking questions and all of those questions would end up leading back to the garden of Eden. Every last one would end up leading back to the garden of Eden. And it got to the point where people were like, oh, well, I already know where we're going today. And I'm like, where are we going today? So all the answers to ask that question, we're going back to Genesis. And it's amazing because how do questions today, this is 2021, how do questions today still end up leading back to Genesis chapter one, two, and three? How is that even possible? But that is the foundation of everything that we believe. And if that foundation is shaky, if that foundation is not strong, if we don't really understand creation, if we don't really understand the garden and what was happening when God made Adam and then what was happening when God made Eve from him and what was happening when the serpent came and beguiled Eve and, and what, what this tree of life is and, and what this tree of, of, of knowledge of good and evil is. See, when we don't understand ideas like that, Sister Kiva, because we say ideas like good and evil, but let me throw a tidbit out there for people. In Hebrew, the word evil doesn't exist. Hmm. We, we, we have, we don't understand that because 
we see evil and we don't understand that that's an English word. That's that's not a, that's not a Hebrew concept. There's no such thing in Hebrew as evil. There is good, which is tov, and then there is ra, which is bad. So the opposite of good is not evil. The opposite of good is bad. The opposite of truth is false. Not you know. So we we look at these ideas and we don't really grasp or understand that the Bible that we have was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And, and, and Aramaic and those concepts were then translated into Greek in which we get the New Testament. So we don't even understand that many of the things that are happening in the New Testament are likely written in Hebrew or Aramaic too, but then translated into Greek. None of the Bible speakers that we have, whether it be Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Apostle Paul, any of them, all of them were Hebrews. So are they writing in Greek? Are they, are they talking and speaking in Greek when they're doing their preaching? No, they're speaking Aramaic. So if we don't get into Aramaic, which is that which is that common language of of Hebrew, most people don't understand this either. Hebrew is the high class language of the Jewish realm. Okay, and then you got Aramaic, which is the people's language of the Jewish realm. So you got to really get into that. You understand that it's actually there because when Jesus went across, say, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, why have thou forsaken me? He's speaking in Aramaic but it could not be translated because of the power of what he actually was saying. You know, then we get places where like Abba Father, again, which is in Aramaic again. So then why is it saying Abba Father? We, we That terminology would just re really mean Father, Father, but what is it really saying in that Abba? I understanding that Hebrew is also a picture language. So in that picture language, Ab means it's one, uh, the, the number one, first, power, authority, within uh, Bet, which is the next one for Ab. Uh, Bet is a house uh, and the father is over the house. So what we end up getting is the father of the house. So when it's saying Abba, it's saying the father of the house. And then God comes back and says, in my house is what? Many mansions. You know, it's, so, it's, it's like so many different concepts that's flowing and coming out of the Hebrew language that we don't even grasp or understand the English language because they don't exist for us, but the power that's within that, that, that Hebrew picture language is just phenomenal. So those are many of the reasons why I wrote these two books. Elucidations had to answer those hard questions that have never been answered. And then God's garden needed to come back and answer some more of those questions that were being led back to the Garden of Eden itself. Uh, and, and then also covering everything from, you know, where these dinosaurs come from or, um, you know, uh, is, is, is the woman subordinate to man and all that stuff. And just give you another little tip, give you another tip. Tip is if Eve was made from, she, she was taken from Adam's side. She wasn't taken from behind Adam. She wasn't taken from in front of, of, of Adam. And that word is Tesla. So Tesla in Hebrew doesn't really mean rib. The, the, it, it really means side. So she was taken from his side to be what his side to, to be his help me to be a a a co a co-laborer to be a partner not come on pastor come on pastor you know it, 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 she, she wasn't made to be subordinate to him she was made to 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 lead with him and you can see that struggle happening in the garden because because now Eve is handing his co-partner his co-partner his equal is handing him a fruit and saying, here, eat that. And then he, he takes the fruit and he, and he eats it. Why? If, if she was supporting him, he'd be like, hey, get that out of here. You, you don't, what are you doing? Bring me something to eat. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
he, he's seeing her uh, as an equal. And if, if she's bringing something to him and they're made in the image of God, mm -hmm. then there's no question why he's in what she brought him. So it's a lot of things that's coming out. So a lot of people say, well, Pastor, uh, I, I've argued with so many uh, people about this. And they say, um, they say, uh, they say Adam threw Eve under the bus. Nah, he didn't throw, he didn't throw her under the bus. The, the reality of it is, is God said, what have you done? You know, and, and what, where are you? And then, you know, have you eaten the fruit that I told you not to, you know, and, and he responds, the woman who you gave me, you know, and we look at that as a, a, a throwing under the bus, but it's Negative not because the word there that's actually used in Hebrew is Nagid and Nagid is this is this is my that you made her a nagid to me that that word help me that that word is nagid so nagid is that you made her an equal co-partner with me you made her a match to my pair you know we're a, a matching pair that belongs to you so she gave to me just like you gave me these directions so there's a battle between that word nagid that's going on in hebrew where i don't know that you didn't give this to me. You know, all I know is this feeling that came after I ate it. So it's complexities in the Bible. It's not complicating. I like to help people understand this too. The Bible is 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 simple but not easy. Complex but not complicating. There's so many moving parts when it comes to the Bible that it don't make no sense whatsoever. So I like to compare the Bible to a watch. We see the watch and all we can see on the watch is the time, but we don't see all the mechanisms that's happening under that, that's making the time be what it is, that's keeping time on time. All of these things are happening, we don't see them. All we're seeing is, like we look at the watch now and it's 7.55, or, you know, there's a chapter in the Bible somewhere that has 55 verses in it. So it'll be, you know, whatever, uh, verse, chapter seven, verse 55, so that's it time so we're looking at verses and, and only seeing the time and not recognizing all of the moving parts and mechanisms that's happening behind it, the meticulousness the specificness and all of the richness that's actually in the hebrew language that will really blow our mind so if you really want to get into hebrew and uh in the understanding that god really gives to us you want to get these two books you definitely want to get these two because i deal with all these words from the ancient hebrew perspective because when we look at it from that way then we're able to see exactly what it was that God was trying to say to us. And then we get back to that exactness I was talking about before. God didn't intend for us to have all these different interpretations of his word. God meant for it to be very specific and he, he was very detailed in his doing so. And when we get into the Hebrew, it changes that whole perspective, your mind and your dynamic of understanding will really get drawn in and keyed into what it is that he's saying. Because uh, oh, last tidbit, I, I know we got to move on, but in the English language, you don't realize that words like the word set, S-E-T, the word set has 400 plus definitions. The word wow. set. So when, when my grandma said, go set yourself down somewhere, you know, and, and I went and sat down somewhere and I was still getting knocked upside the head, it was because that word set was defined in 400 and some other ways. And the one I did was the one she was talking about. Okay. And in Hebrew, that doesn't exist because in Hebrew, those words give a picture and that picture shows you exactly what the intent of that word was. So then we get into Greek and Greek helps us even more because he, uh, Greek is the most exact language on the planet. There isn't a multiplicity of ideas or meanings behind words. And an example of that would be 
would be love. Love in, in Greek, you have specifiers for what kind of love. Whereas in English, love just encompasses all. But in, in Greek, we have agape, okay? And then we have eros. And then we have, you know, I mean, it just goes agape, eros, a, a filio, stoic. We, in each one of these specify a different type of love. That's what Greek is the most exact language on the planet. So we don't have to guess at what's being stated. We just got to find out what that said in Greek. And then we can see exactly what it was that God is saying. You see how there's no mix of interpretation. When we see love and we just define it based upon the English language, when we go to love, love is going to mean all of those things under the English language. But stowage doesn't mean that. Stowage is very specific. Eros is very specific, sexual. You know, uh, filio is very specific, brotherly. Agape is, is very specific. All these things are very uh, specific, and we don't have to guess at what is being stated. We'll know. So, all right. <laughs> That's exactly, listen, mm -hmm. you are dropping so many nuggets and that's exactly right. And that's how so many misinterpretations occur yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. people don't really take the time to do their homework and, and go back and look back into um, definitions in the Greek language, in the mm -hmm. Hebrew language. And you just hit a huge, huge nugget. I mean, we can take one word and it has so many different definitions right. and depending on what you and that's how you can just misconstrue right. a lot of biblical um scriptures and findings because you can take one word and you can draw your own interpretation from that one word based on right. the english language but you got to study and show yourself approved that's i love i, I hope you guys are enjoying this listen we're going to take a quick break and we come back we have more with pastor gerald lewis we're not quite done yet so definitely stay tuned. Uh, we're going to dive in a little bit with our kings, our men. So I'm super excited about that. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Have you ever wanted someone to talk to but didn't know which way to turn? Have you ever needed advice in business and didn't know where to go? Well, at KLM Services Consulting and more, we can definitely be that for you. We're here to uplift, to encourage, and to coach you through difficult situations or decisions. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at KLM Services Consulting. KLM Services Consulting and more. We're here for you. Are you looking for a natural boutique? Then look no more. Kiever's the natural choice boutique and gift shop located in Camden, South Carolina. We have all natural products, ranging from deodorants, natural soaps, natural hair and skincare products, and everything that you need. But wait, there's more. At Kiever's, you can also get women apparel, handbags, women's shoes, and jewelry. Visit us today at Keepers, the natural choice, boutique, and gift shop. And be sure to follow us at Keepers Boutique and visit us in person at 2639 Suite D, Broad Street, Camden, South Carolina. Or visit our website at www.keeversboutique.com. 
We are living in a digital age, and we think it's safe to say that all businesses are needing to transition from traditional brick and mortar to broadcast. Everything is really about data collection and building a community. EasyWay Broadcasting has created a social network slash solution provider within the EasyWay network to help its members with this transition. Introducing the EasyWay Wall of Fame, a one-stop shop for business owners and influencers that help them to connect, grow, learn, and scale the easy way. Over the years, we have been building affiliates and partnerships in all genres. That means our platform utilizes all our members' businesses to provide services at a much lower cost, help sell their service, and promote their awareness to more potential customers. Through our new media empire, we have a reach to millions. Become an affiliate. Make money doing it the easy way. Create your free account today by visiting easywaywalloffame.com. Accelerate your influence through direct access to the right influencers. We have many TV shows that our members can be interviewed by. We have our own magazine and radio station to promote our Easy Way Wall of Fame members' profiles, which they control. The more friends you get, the bigger your business will grow. Join the Easy Way Wall of Fame community for free today. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are back with Pastor Gerald C. Lewis Sr. tonight. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I am having a blast. Thank you so much for coming on with us again. Thank you so much. So before I break, I wanted to talk about our men. And there, I think that there's a misconception sometimes, you know, that a lot of people don't feel as if our men are spiritual or if our men read and study the word as well. So I wanted to ask you, I played a little clip just briefly showing some of the men that have supported you along the way and that um, that has, has bought and that have studied your book. But I wanted to ask you, why do you think you have such a huge men following your book and your studies? All right. Well, I think the the most underrated idea is authenticity. Uh, and what men men are drawn to men. Um, I, I want to say that again. Men are drawn to men, and then once they're drawn to you, you have to be authentic with them. I'm not ashamed of my past. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed of what God has made me. I'm not ashamed of, of what God has me to do. And when people see your authenticity, especially when we're dealing with men, they cling to that. They, they draw you know, to that. And I guess my secret would be, because I study the scriptures, I see that 
Jesus drew more men than anybody ever. Like every when when it, Jesus is walking and when when he's walking, he meets two men and, and they're fishing and he says, you know, come come with me and they immediately drop their nets. They leave their fishing boats and they follow him. He said, I'm gonna make you fishermen of men. And in doing that, Jesus was authentically him. You know, he didn't try to be, he didn't try and get, I mean, <laughs> Jesus is, is the son of God. Jesus is, is the creator of all things. Jesus didn't talk fish talk with them because Jesus wasn't a fisherman. Mm, so you he didn't yeah. <laughs> go ahead go ahead, go ahead now <laughs> he never tried to be what he wasn't and what most men have a problem of doing is trying to be what they're not and when people see that people read that like it's i mean that's that's immediate read you know when somebody is being authentic or not you know when somebody's trying to do too much you know when somebody is, is doing the most you, you know when somebody is pretending because if if you're not that then you can't walk the walk you can't talk the talk uh and with men you have to be willing to give men an opportunity uh men aren't aren't looking for a, a position per se but they are looking for opportunities opportunities to do what to be authentically them so when I get men that come into my ministry, I don't try to change the way that they walk. I don't try to change the way that they talk. I don't try to change the way that they dress. I don't try to change any of that aspect about them. You know why? Because contrary to popular, popular belief, that's the way God made them. And when we start trying to change the way God made somebody, then what you actually lose in them is the gift God actually sent you. So God sent you this fella that may be a little rough around the edges. Uh, God sent you this fella that might you, you might have to you might have to calm him down every now and again because you'll see if somebody getting you know out of pocket with pastor you'll see him raise up. And again, I go back to Jesus because those men remind me of the twelve dudes Jesus had walking with him at any given time. I mean, these if you think about Peter, think about Peter. Jesus never corrected Peter's character. Right. <laughs> he didn't try to reshape who Peter was all the way to the point where Jesus was taken in the, in, into custody in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter was Peter. And you never see Jesus say, hey, Peter, man, you, you, you got to change the way you walk, man. You, 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 can't, you can't walk with me and, and talk like this. You know, I, I can see Peter walking with Jesus and Jesus, yes, being the son of God, being God himself, being Emmanuel, being God with us, but not trying to change who these men were. Because why? I made them like this. I need to change not who they are or what they are. I need to change why they do it. So watch this. Peter is a fisherman. So Jesus doesn't change that he's a fisherman. He just changes what he does and how he does it. He changes it and he makes him a fisherman of men. You see that? He didn't try to take him and say, nah, you're not gonna be a fisherman no more. I want that that out, that aspect of you. No, it was his understanding of fishing that made Peter a more attractive, more appealing guy to those guys that were fishermen. 
see, we when we try to change people from who they are and they lose their authenticity, when they lose that authenticity, then people read right through that. And people don't want to be a part of that. People don't want to be a part of something that's not authentic. People don't want to be a part of something that's fake. People don't want to be, I mean, we say it all the time. I don't like that individual because they fake. They fake and they phony. We read that. We catch that. And a lot of us as pastors, we get this idea that uh, that because I'm the man of God, that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm I'm no longer relatable. If you see me out in town, see, I, see, see I'm not authentically me right now. Because uh, <laughs> when you see me out, out in town, I'm polo from from head to toe. You know, I I got on my polo sweatsuit. I got on my 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 polo bear sneakers. I got on my polo bear skelly. You know, I look like what everybody else looks like. I don't feel like I have to go out and I have to dress like I'm a pastor. I mean, I love Rev Run, but I don't feel like I got to go out in my clergy every time I go somewhere. Right. For one, people, guess what people do when you're in your clergy? They're not authentically them. Exactly. And when they talk to you, when people find out I'm a pastor, I see a shift take take place in them. And they go from from being, you know, regular person to trying to talk scripture with me. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, Sister Kiva, but I'm not the dude you want to talk scripture with. You know, you you don't <laughs> you don't really want to talk scripture with me. I mean, you do. I mean, for those of you who watch it, you do want to talk scripture with me, but you don't want to come and and try and and try and make yourself this person that that knows the scripture, that's going to articulate the scriptures, who's going to teach me something in the scripture. You don't want to be that that person who comes to try and do that. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I've studied for. This is what I do from day to day. This is what I podcast about. This is what I got books about. You 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 might not want to, especially if if you ain't on it. Because if, if you ain't on it, I'm gonna get you. And I'm not. I'm I'm a loving person. I, I'm a teddy bear. I'm I'm going to take you and I'm going to say, you know, I had some people in my, in my Facebook this morning that was upset about my post that I put this morning. I put this morning that uh, that John 3.16 is the most famous scripture in the Bible, but it's also the most misunderstood. And oh my God, you should have seen my inbox this morning and people just going off on me. Some people mad, some people everything, but they don't understand that there's so much going on. John 3.16 is pregnant. I mean, it is pregnant. It seems so simple, but it's so complex. It's dealing with so many different layers. It's dealing with, and I explained to one of God's daughters this morning, my sister and yours, um, that when we deal with scripture like that, we have to understand that this is a private conversation between the creator of the world. Nothing that was made was made without Jesus. Okay, and then between Nicodemus, who is a leader in the Sanhedrin, uh, this guy was one of the greatest theological minds in the first century. The 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 greatest of them was Gamaliel, who who instructed Peter. I'm sure not uh, Peter, but who instructed Paul. So we don't realize that these guys is like Socrates and Plato of of, of the Hebrew realm. Okay. And when we're dealing with them, you got Jesus talking to one of them in this private conversation that we happen to be privy to. So then if we realize that that Jesus is having a conversation with Stephen Hawkins, one of our greatest minds during our time, then he's not talking simple. This isn't simple talk. You know, this is this is deep, complex 
very very innate very meticulous very very specific this is this is dealing with the text on a whole nother level and it's introducing ideas that that nicodemus is like okay okay now you got i'm i'm in the sanhedrin but you got me reshaping my mentality on some things right now and we get to john 3 16 and, and we simplified and we just like oh for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son which i believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life all we got to do is believe huh no that's not what that what you, you no, you can't simplify it like that you have to understand the complexities of john 3 16 and when you understand those complexities you know some people say that that's going to cause people to go off into to um to see uh, uh uh not coming to christianity and and all of that no no you have to understand that these things is what draws people into christianity because they want more because watch this why is islam pulling more black men right now than any other religion on the face of the planet why because the nation of islam is coming and knowing some things they're, they're answering questions they're 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 in they're in depth and and they can answer questions they they they're involved themselves in their studies but then you come to your average christian guy who may not even be able to quote john three sixteen or may not be able to answer any questions but your, your, your guys from the nation of islam are able to but then you, you also got the the hebrew israelites why are they drawing so many black men right now because these dudes is on it i mean they study in the scripture left and right we may not agree with what they study in other scriptures but they study in the scripture left and right you know mm -hmm. and and they're able to answer questions that these men are asking so one of the things that have blessed my ministry was being able to answer the questions and when they have those questions being able to answer them and not not making them feel less them then and and not being condescending towards them when i answer those questions but leading them to the scriptures and when i lead them to the scriptures i always make anybody who asks me a question i always make them read the scripture because then i'm gonna i'm gonna say am i lying to you because it's that's not right. me that, that you upset with. It's it's what the scriptures say. So when and then I have people to keep rereading and they get frustrated with me. I say, uh, read it again. And they'll read it and say, uh, let's just say uh, uh Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was not formed. I say, read it again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I say, read it again. And say, in the beginning, the, the, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. I say, read it again. And keep reading it over and over and over and over again. And the whole time I was just trying to get them to understand that it doesn't say that. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's right. But we, it's been so engrafted in us this idea of heavens and yes the mm -hmm. scriptures does talk about the heavens but when we're reading a specific verse we got to be able to see what that particular scripture exactly. is saying and read exactly what that scripture said our mind doesn't allow us to work like that because contrary to popular belief we don't actually read we kind of guess what should be next our mind is so powerful it guess what makes the most sense to come next and it it it, it parrots things that we've we've seen before and we make those mistakes as we're going through especially matthew mark and luke we think that oh i've seen this before in matthew and i'm in luke. oh i've seen this before in mark and and um and i'm in luke or I, i'm reading uh, and i'm skipping these ideas because oh i've seen this before and moving on no it's very different and each one of these 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 uh synoptic gospels 
it's showing us a different vantage point. And when we actually get into it, we say, oh man, look at this and look at that and then look at this. And then if I'm able to take all three of those and kind of layer them on top of each other, they feel in for each other and allow you to see some things that you ain't never seen before, but we haven't been taught to do that. So I believe in, in reading the scriptures horizontally not reading the scriptures, you know, uh, vertically. So we read, we start okay. from the top of the scriptures and we work our way down. Mm -hmm. I believe in, okay, if, if, if uh, let's take um, any given thing in the scriptures and match up where they are in the scriptures. So let's mm -hmm. say we're talking about faith. Are we talking about faith? Then I think it's our job to pull up. I mean, we're in the modern age. So guess what? We can Google faith and every scripture that's on faith can pop up. Okay, so if we read horizontally, what I'm now seeing is is what faith was in Genesis all the way to what faith was in, in Revelation. And I take into account everything that faith is saying from each one of those scriptures and passages throughout the Bible. And then now I'm able to come to a conclusion about what faith is instead of me just reading Hebrews 11 and 1 and saying, now faith is something hopeful, the evidence of things I've seen. Faith is so much more than that. But uh, what what he's trying to fulfill in that he's trying to concise what faith is in, in that particular ideal, but it's so much more complex than, than what we've uh, given it credit for. I love that. And for those who don't have us have a biblical study um, uh, life, you just put it so plainly. That's a great way for you for those who is not in the habit of studying the word. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful tool for you to use right now today. And it it's a great way to break the scriptures down. So, because sometimes a lot of people use the excuse of, well, it's just so much information, right? right? right. If you take one scripture and just cross-reference it with other scriptures mm -hmm. in the word, that's mm -hmm. a wonderful way to, to just help you to develop a, right. a a study life. I right. love that. I love that. Pastor then, uh, Cheryl, go, go you ahead, go have ahead. <laughs> dropped so many nuggets tonight. Oh, I'm super excited. I have, I don't have the books yet, but I will be, be getting our copies of those. They are, I'm just so appreciative of the fact that number one, you have taken the typical way we do church. Mm -hmm. And literally thrown that out of the window and has reverted back to the basics. Yeah. And that is what is so needed right now. And people are craving, people are craving the word, not all of the hoop, the holler, the right. lyman. They are craving the unadulterated truth. And that's what I most appreciate about you. So thank you so thank much you. for allowing God to lead you. And for you being obedient to what his will and his purpose is because it's so needed. So I just want to thank you and I thank God for using you as a vessel because you can definitely tell that you are extremely passionate about what your calling and your purpose is. So I am so yeah. grateful. For those who are wanting to pick up copies of your book, how can they do that? All right, my books are available. I, I'd love for you to get them on Amazon. So if you uh, are listening right now, go to Amazon and get God's Garden or or get Elucidations. Uh, get them both. Go to go to Amazon and get them both. But it, I'm I'm available also at Barnes and Noble. So Barnes and Noble. Um, 
but go to Amazon. I'm, I'm on Barnes and Noble. Go to Amazon. I mean, hear me, hear me. Go to Amazon <laughs> and get it. If Barnes and Noble takes fifty percent off top, I go to go to Amazon. Amazon don't take fifty percent off top. Got it. Go, go there. Uh, but uh, if if you are a uh, ebook reader, every platform that offers ebook, God's Garden uh, is there. Um, Elucidations is available on Kindle, but it is not available on every ebook platform. Um, but yeah, that mostly uh, Amazon. Amazon, go to Amazon, go to Amazon, and uh, and get uh, both of them. Okay, that's where I would love for you to go. Got it. So you guys have definitely heard the call to purchase his books. You go to Amazon.com. There are two separate books. Okay, Elucidations, which was book number one, book and guys. Garden. Elucidations is the foundation in God's garden, of course, takes you all the way back to Eden, all, all the way back. So definitely pick up his books. I am super excited. You do not Jeff, want to miss. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of information in there, bro. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information in here. You don't want to miss I it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm just so excited to see what you have coming up next. So definitely, I want to bring you back on. I thoroughly enjoyed you. I feel like you you were just a man that is just so full of wisdom and information. And I just I just thank God for you. I just thank God for you. Well, thank you. I thank God for you, Sister Keith, because without this, I wouldn't be here you know, talking right now. So I thank you. It's, it's Thursday night. I, I don't know what I would be doing, but I wouldn't be here, you know. So I thank you for this opportunity. I thank everyone who has come on and has, has listened to what little old me from Greenview, Greenview, right um, there in the 555 on uh, Fair Road, you know, has had to say, you know, so bless you. I, I thank you so much. And I don't take this for granted. I, I don't take your love, your support, or you're taking the time to listen for granted, God has given me some things and I believe that I have something to say. Uh, and I believe that I have something that can help you. I believe that I have some answers that, that you have been asking the questions for all of your lives. And it's it, they are not my answers. They are the way the scriptures answer those questions. It's just that I embrace my gift. My gift has been wisdom and knowledge that, that the, the Holy Spirit has given me wisdom and knowledge. And most people are drawn to the other gifts, the gifts of tongue, the gift of prophecy, you know, the gifts of healing. But mm -hmm. I'm drawn to love the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. I'm drawn to to understand what it is that God has given me. And it, and that is an uncanny ability to see the scriptures and to understand it on a whole nother level than what most people have. And to show me, I mean, God gave me Hebrew the keyboard he gave me hebrew in a dream and in, in a dream wow. i i was i was asleep uh I, of course because i was dreaming <laughs> but i was asleep one night and uh and the i was i was worshiping in in my sleep and one of the deacons uh from the church uh good news family worship center his name was a, a deacon jimmy he came to me in a dream and he put his hands on my belly and when he put his hands on my belly he said speak and uh, he speak, and in my dream, I just remember, you know, coming out and saying, Enasati Osho. And when I woke up, I was still able to say, Enasati Osho. And I was like, what, what in the world is that? So I Googled it, you know, to the best of my ability of how it was spelled. And I found that, that the words were 
were uh, variations of, of words that were being stated in Hebrew. And I was like, okay, I don't know Hebrew. So how in the world am I I'm able to, to see and know that and to wake up and to speak it? And as God began to teach me and show me Hebrew, I put, put myself into this place where I began to study Hebrew. And as I did, it was, it was God telling me that if I keep my eyes on him, uh, and in his house, he's going to take care of my house. And, and then it just started this, this whole, you know, pursuit of understanding the Hebrew language and, 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 and just trying to, trying to get the whole of what God has been saying through that language. Uh, and it has made me so passionate, so, so passionate about his word, because I want people to understand the Bible with accuracy. I believe that Christianity has gone on too long for us to be walking around so powerless, but we're powerless because we don't know what scriptures are saying. We don't know the depth of what it's saying. We, we like to stay in a little shallow water, you know, but then everybody hollers that, you know, they not bathed in Christ. So, or we have, what's this key? We actually have people who are, have been babes in Christ for 20, 30 years. How you oh, still a babe? Yeah. Right, you can't be a babe all your life because you, if you have a baby, and after that baby turns about three or four years old, you start to tell them, "Hey, you ain't a baby no more." But how are we still babes in Christ four years later? How are we still? I mean, we're supposed to be. We ain't supposed to be just eating steak, and you know the Bible says meat. But we're supposed to not be getting filet mignon. I mean, we it's time to go to Ruth Chris with this thing. It's time to get that tomahawk. At some point in time, it's okay. time to spend one thirty five and get that tomahawk. It's time to get some real meat. It's time to get some real appetizer. It's time to get some real seasoning, and you don't give that that the babies and that's what we're staying in and what i call it i call it in elucidations and in god's garden both i call that sunday school theology we got to get away from our mm -hmm. sunday school theology uh our sunday school teachers have done an awesome job but they talked when we were children but we're still living off of the same understanding of that we had in the of the word from what we were taught in sunday school and most of mm -hmm. us ain't been to sunday school since back then you know, because when we start getting older, the longer I've been pastor and the more I realize that few saints come to Sunday school. So at some point they turn that Sunday school off and they just come to the to the main service. So we, we we're going off of our Sunday school. understanding, what I call the Sunday school theology. And it's time to get past that. It's time to get into some greater things, some more depth uh, that what God has for us. So if, if you're in more. You, you want to definitely read my books, listen to my podcast. If you just Google my name, all of it will show up. All of it will show up. I've been doing this for a while. Now, this, again, this is my 12 years of senior pastor. I started pastoring when I was 28 years old. And, uh, oh, God, I'll be 40 on this birthday. And Welcome to the club, brother. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. You know, so. And I, I gave my life to, to the Lord uh, when I was 24 years old. And... Uh, 23 or 24 years old and i've been chasing after him you know ever since so yes, uh, i'm gonna keep on chasing him until he allows me to leave this world empty y'all when when i die i want to leave here empty everything that god has given me i want to give to you i want to continue to put it in books uh, i was telling sister keeper earlier that uh i got about i got about another 14 books that i want to do that's in me right now already got a plan for how they're going to come out uh you know god has a funny way of, of changing that plan because uh elucidations was my first book uh it took me four years to write elucidations um but it wasn't my first book it was the first book that i published 
but it wasn't my first book. God gave me God's Garden in 2008. And it was, it was initially called The Garden Revealed. But as I began to, you know, just kind of work through the process of writing this book uh, for the last 12 years or so uh, was was to really this is this is 12 years of my life in this book, y'all. 12, 12 years of my life to answer these questions that you all had questions about, to really dig deep into the scriptures to show you exactly what God's intent and purpose was, how what specifics he was given when it came to the, this truth and the understanding of what we need to believe about his garden. It's going to reshape your entire foundation of how the way you've seen the Garden of Eden uh, and it's actually the garden in Eden, not the garden of Eden. Uh, but it's going to completely reshape some ideas uh, all the way from who Adam is and what that name actually means to who Eve is and how she came from and what God intended in that union, that union, um, what exactly the tree of life is, what exactly the, the tree of knowledge of good and, and, and bad is, that where evil doesn't uh, exist. Uh, was it really a fall? Mm. So mm -hmm. is it, we call it the fall. Let's just give, let me give you another nugget. Can I get one more nugget? <laughs> one more, one, one more. One more nugget is, is that we say that Adam and Eve sinned, right? But the reality of it is, is that the word is never used in the scriptures at all. It's never used. It's, it's, it, the Bible does not say, Adam, you sinned against me and ate the fruit I told you not to. It, it, the idea of sin doesn't really come along until much later in the scriptures. And people say, well, it, it comes up in, in Genesis chapter four. No, it actually doesn't. The word that's used there actually means sin offering. But, and it has to do with God talking with, uh, with Cain who just gave an offering. So it's different stuff going on in the text. So it's, it, it, we, we, it was translated, um, sin is, is crouching at the door or sin is at your door. But the reality of it is that word actually means sin offering. So sin off a sin offering is at the door. Why is there a sin offering at the door? You know, what, what exactly is, is he saying? And then when you see what Cain did, Cain ended up ultimately killing his brother. He was telling him, so you already brought me an offering, right? And, and now you're going to have to get ready to bring me a sin offering for what you're getting ready to do. God was already developing the ideas and he was showing us before, uh, uh, before they ever came, but we can't see them because we get so engrafted in what we traditionally see these things as. We see like sin as this all-inclusive word, but the word shata uh, uh, in, in, in Hebrew uh, is, is not that we're dealing with sin. It's not, um, it, it simply means mismark. And the apostle Paul tried to explain that to us. It means human error. So where we, we, we talk about all oh, sinners and, and that's a sin or whatever, you know, you really just saying that this person made an error. Hmm. You know, but God really deals with sin in other ways. He deals with, with sin in more complex ideas, like like there's a transgression. Uh-oh. There's an iniquity. Uh-oh. There's abomination. Uh-oh. So he's dealing with these, this trespass. So when God deals with something, he's very specific in what he's dealing with. Is he dealing with a trespass? When David sinned, he, he talked about what his trespasses were, what his transgressions were, what his iniquities were. He tells us these things. He uses them all in Psalm 53. He uses every word in Psalm 53. Wow. 
But yeah, we still keep talking about oh, sin as this one inclusive thing. Exactly. It's not one inclusive thing. There's very specifics in what God is very meticulous in what God is trying to show us. Watch this. Yes, Jesus died for our sins, but the scripture tells that he was bruised for what our iniquities. Uh-oh. It's trying to help you to see some things, but you keep clumping together trying to simplify them. But they're not intended to be simplified. They're intended for you to be able to see the, 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 the I'm going to use a big word, specific, <laughs> I can't even say it, specificity. Specificity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of the, the exactness and the meticulousness uh, of the scriptures for you to really be able to uh, really understand what the scriptures are actually telling us. But when we try to clump everything together to try and simplify it, we actually lose the richness of what God is actually saying to us. I love it. I love it. Listen, if you want to hear more from Gerald, definitely Google Gerald C. Lewis Sr. and listen to his podcast. This brother is deep. Y'all hear me? I love it. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed you tonight. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your passion with my audience, letting us know about your books. Pick up his books today. Go to Amazon.com right now. Don't even wait right till now. we go right. I just say right now, right, right now. now. Amazon.com. If you don't know the names, elucidations, or and we're not going to say or we're going to say and you're going to purchase and. elucidations and God's garden. They go together. Go together. Purchase both right now. I promise you, you will not be sorry. Amazon.com, Gerald C. Lewis Sr. Google his name, jump on his podcast. How often do you do your podcast? Is it is it once a week? And if so, what day and what time? Well, normally it would be once a week and that's the way I started it. But after I started writing books, it got kind of hard to be able to do that. Okay. But under, under the podcast now, if you go and you subscribe, whenever... I put out a new podcast it will chime in uh while i'm in the process of writing books it's very very difficult to do podcasts at the same time and pastor and i work for the department of homeland security wow. and i own anointed graphic and i'm a father you know so it's, it's so many complexities in what i'm doing i'm a i'm an entrepreneur i, I stay trying to do something my mind is always mm -hmm. uh, somewhere it's always moving new ideas are coming so it's, it's not always easy to be, be able to do all of them. Like I've, I've already started my, my next book, which is called His Name. Uh, that'll be coming out probably in December of this year will be His Name. So while I'm doing that, it's going to be hard to do podcasts. But if you send me an email and you say, I got a question and you find that out of the 70 something odd podcasts that I have out there already. And each one of these are somewhere between, you know, 15 to 45 minutes expounding on different ideas uh from the scriptures if you find one that, that you say hey you know um i need more depth in this okay i'll just send me an email i'll do it that that's gonna make it so much easier for me i don't i won't have to think about what it is that that it is that people want to hear or what questions they have send me the questions send me the questions on facebook send it to me in my email i don't care how you get them to me you can send it just send it down the grapevine if it get to me i'm going to put a podcast out there you know to to help you i believe that this is the time and the season you know, for the questions that people have had all of their lives to be answered, you know, uh, and, and I'll do my best. And you better know that it's going to come from the scriptures. I'm going to let scriptures to prove its own ideas. 
you know we're gonna go we're gonna have to go deep because this stuff is not shallow god is not a shallow god god is a very deep very meticulous guy he said come let us reason together he ain't said come on let us talk he said come yeah. on let us reason let's let's have a conversation about this and let me let me change the way you see in the, the, your life let me change the way you see in the things that, that i presented to you and he said that though your sins may be as scarlet they'll, they'll be white as snow but that's from him having that conversation with you he's a very very meticulous god if y'all ain't getting nothing else tonight god is very very meticulous very very meticulous there's nothing that he has asked anyone to do in the scriptures without him giving very very meticulous details but the quote originally was god is in the details but at some point in time somebody shifted it to the devil's in the details no god is the master of the details and that's what he gives to us and that power is found in the hebrew language y'all all right i love it his email address is pastor g um excuse me pastor g lewis at gmail.com again that's mm -hmm. pastor g lewis at gmail.com so if you have any direct questions like he said if there's anything you would like for him to answer you can either message him on Facebook you can, or Instagram, Gerald C. Lewis, SR, or email him at pastorg.lewis at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I definitely would love to bring you back, especially when you get that third book out. I, All right. You have a home here at Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murder. Well, thank podcast. you. Thank so you. So I definitely want you to come back. I, we will we will be checking in with you periodically um but definitely when you get that next book come on come on home come on home <laughs> all right new home Mrs. is the key was i appreciate that's right. that so much that's right i hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight thank you so much thank for you. watching be sure to like share and um tag others in this this uh show and if you want to be a guest definitely visit our booking site. Go to tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place Booking. Again, that's tinyurl uh, slash Kiever's Place Booking. We have show dates available for May and June. Everything else right now is booked. So I opened up some dates for May and June. So if you would like to be a guest, if you have a story to tell, if you have a book you want to launch, if you have any products or services you want to bring before the masses, definitely reach out to our team and we will do our best to get you um, booked as soon as possible. We will schedule your, your brief consultation and go from there. If you are enjoying our content and if you would like to support Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. We have three different monthly subscription tiers that you can do to just help to support us, to keep us on the air, to help us to be able to bring content to you. You can subscribe for 99 cents per month, 4.99 per month, or 9.99 per month. If you choose to support us with 9.99 per month, what we will do for you is we will also be able to bring your business before our audience for free. We will advertise your business once a month as long as you're active. You support us, we support you, we support each other, okay? That's what I will do for you. So if you are interested, again, in being one of our monthly subscribers, you can do that by 
subscribing for 99 cents per month, $4.99 per month, or $9.99 per month. And if you choose $9.99 per month, I got you, okay? I will make sure that you are advertised every month as long as you are an active member. And you can join us every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, again, at Kiva's Place to Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. Again, thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely, definitely reach out to us if you have any questions. And until next Thursday night, we will see you 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for watching. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us at Keeper's Place, the Keeper Murdoch Show and Podcast. Join us every Thursday night from 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on all social media, Facebook, and YouTube at Kiever's Place. If you would like to be a guest, then visit our site at tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place Booking. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place Booking. I am Yolanda Rory, founder of Total Grace Consulting and Grace Coaching Academy. You are listening to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murder Show.